All right, hello everybody. Today we're gonna to talk about resistance training. So what is resistance training? It is the any exercise that causes the muscles to contract against an external load. So external resistance can be things such as dumbbells, exercise tubing, your own body weight, bricks, bottles of water, basically any other object that could cause the muscles to contract. So what are some reasons why you do resistance training? This includes strengthening certain muscles or muscle groups, helping to control the movements, including neuromuscular control. It could be for joint approximation by increasing stability, decreasing shear, and controlling joints better. Um, working for coactivation and dynamic stabilization. You may want to do resistance training for awareness of position and movement, such as proprioception and kinesthesia. You could do resistance training to increase balance or to carry over into function and injury prevention. Some reasons when you do not want to do um, any resistance training includes if the patient or individual has acute inflammation. So um, that would include any acute diseases or disorders. So if they have a lot of pain, especially, you want to make sure that we are not doing too much resistant exercises. You want to make sure to also be to be carefully selective of your mode of exercise. So whether you do static or dynamic, check on their weight-bearing status, whether they are full weight-bearing or non-weight-bearing or partial, um, and you want to keep the intensity to low to moderate as well. Um, definitely check your pain. If prior to exercise, do not start if they are in a lot of pain. Um, if during isometric exercises and they have pain, also a reason not to start. Um, and it can be stopped by reducing the load or also just stop exercising. Also, you want to check on if they, whether or not they have severe cardiopulmonary disease, um, especially beware if they've recently had a myocardial infarction or a recent cabbage. Um, so some general guiding principles um, include the overload principle. So in order for a muscle to adapt and become strong, the load that is placed on it must be greater than what it is normally used to. So this can be challenged by changing the volume or the intensity of the load that you are giving the muscle. That is the overload principle. Another principle in general is that um, your progressive exercises should go from isometric to concentric to eccentric activities. Um, so generally there's something called the said principle. This is the specific adaptation to imposed demands um, this is when the body will adapt according to specific types of training utilized. So AKA the type of training should mimic the goal that the individual has. And then the reversibility principle is the adaptations with resistance training are reversible if the body is not regularly challenged with the same or greater level of resistance. And this can begin within one to two weeks of stopping an exercise program. So keep it up y'all. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to talk about the different types of muscle performances, which are strength, power, and endurance. So strength. The definition of this is the greatest amount of force of weight that can be produced or lifted with one single contraction. And why you would do strength training is in order to increase the muscle fiber size, which is also known as muscle fiber hypertrophy, and switching um, type 2 fast twitch fibers from type 2B to type 2A. We all know there's two different types of fibers. There's slow twitch and fast twitch fibers. Slow twitch fibers are um, really good for endurance types exercises, while fast twitch are more like uh, power and strength exercising. However, there's two different types. 
There's a 2A and the 2B that I described before. The type 1 or the type 2B fibers are characterized by high force power and speed production, but have low endurance. So they're the complete opposite of slow twitch, which are low force power speed production, but with high endurance. Now type 2A falls in between the two, and that's why we want to do strength exercise because our goal is to get those 2A, where we still have force, power, and speed as, at a high rate, but still have good endurance. Strength training is also really good for increasing number of motor units, which overall increases the contractile strength of a muscle. Um, there's no change in capillary bed density, which is why you're going to want to be doing endurance, but I'll talk about that in a second. And strength training le leans out your body mass. Power. Power is defined as the rate at which work is performed. Work divided by time. It's the max amount of force in the least amount of time. So these are be described as explosive movements, such as acceleration, jumping, and different elements of throwing. Endurance is defined as the ability for a muscle to contract repeatedly against an external load and resist fatigue over a prolonged period of time. And endurance is good because it increases the capillary bed density of your muscle, which means that your muscles are more efficient with how they use oxygen, which is super important and which is why you can last longer. Now, you have to also worry about um, fatigue. Fatigue is decreasing the ability of a muscle to produ produce a force against the load with increasing reps. We all know this. We work out and we just feel like our body cannot produce any more force. This is reversible and it can um, improve after a period of rest, which is why rest in between reps are so important. But it also depends on the amount of fiber type distributions within a muscle. This concept will also be important when we talk about the physiological effects of aging. But to turn it back, the different types of fiber distribution affects this fatigue. If you have more slow twitch type one, you have a low level of force over a long period of duration, however, and that makes it resistance to fatigue. But type two, the muscle fibers produce large amounts of force over short durations and is very prone to fatigue. Okay, so with resistance training sort of comes the FIT-VP principle, or this is defined as the frequency, intensity, time, type, volume, and progression that you do your resistance training or many other exercise training types. So a comprehensive exercise prescription plan will have aerobic activities, resistance, flexibility, as well as neuromotor activities. The components include a warm-up, a conditioning, a cool down, and a stretching period of time. So for F for, of the FIT-VP principle is frequency. This is the number of times per week that exercise is performed. It's dependent on intensity, volume, and the fitness level of the individual. AKA the more intense the activity is, the less frequent you should be doing this activity. Water intensity is at least five days per week. This is because there tends to be a plateau of benefits that is reached at five days per week of a single activity. However, with vigorous intensity activity, this is done at least three days per week. With vigorous activity performed greater than five days per week, this may increase the incidence of musculoskeletal injuries. This is why we leave it to a lower amount of activity 
with vigorous intensity levels. So now we're going to move in. So when you break down intensity, it's very important to know your heart rate. You can use this using the Carvonian method, and you'll learn that in school. And to, to determine that, it's going to determine your heart rate max, and you can use um, that to figure out what your heart rate needs to be in order to fall between light, moderate, or vigorous intensity. Light would be considered 30 to 40% of your heart rate max. Moderate would be considered 40 to 60% of your heart rate max, and vigorous would be 60 to 90 of your heart rate max. The strength training zone overall, what your goal is to get to is between that 60% and 80% of your heart rate max. So 60%, we know, yeah, fall in between there. If you want have a really de deconditioned patient, I would start with the light um, intensity. Okay, so next is time. Um, so time is going to be, again, relative to what your patient goals are, but recommendations for most results, completing a moderate intensity activity is 30 to 60 minutes per day or greater than equal to 150 minutes per week. And recommendations for most adults completing a vigorous intensity exercise is 20 to 60 minutes per day or greater than or equal to 75 minutes total per week. Weight management, this tends to be around 60 to, nine, 60 to 90 minutes per day. That may be necessary um, for up to vigorous activity. So this will really depend on what the goals are again. But what's really important is that children need to have at least 60 minutes per day of moderate to vigorous activity in order to stay healthy. The next part of the FIT, fit VP principle is the type. Now, Sam had talked about that said principle, that it's really dependent, like the body will adapt according to the training utilized. So type is really specific to the individual. If you want to have rhythmic and aerobic types, it'll involve large muscle groups. And if you want to do interval training, that's good as well. It's really, and you want to do over 10 minute bouts of it. It's really dependent on what your patient's goals are. And another important thing though, is that you really should have strength activities at least two days a week. So just remember that when you're, when you're putting together an exercise prescription for your patient. Okay, next is volume. And this is a product of your frequency, intensity, and time in order to estimate the gross amount of energy expenditure. This is generally calculated by using MET minutes per week and kilocals per week. Current recommendations for energy expenditure include uh, greater than or equal to 500 to 1,000 MET minutes per week. And the amount of METs that is performed per activity can be found in various charts. Um, you can find these online, but there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of data for amount of METs per activity. So you can look at those too. So of course, uh, least um, energy expenditure type activity would be walking um, or maybe gardening compared to running, of course, or skiing. Um, and this is consistent with associations with lower rates of cardiovascular disease and premature mortality. So the more met minutes per week that you are performing these activities, generally speaking, you tend to have lower rates of risk of cardiovascular disease and premature mortality. The final principle to the FITVP program is progression. 
So they say when you're progressing your patient that you should increase five to 10 minutes every one to two weeks over the first four to six weeks. You want your patient to work at the most intense type of exercise that they can to get the maximal amount of heart rate max that they're capable of before increasing the frequency of the exercise. So I'm going to go through various exercise prescriptions for various goals. If you want to increase your endurance, start low. Like have a, your load should be low, like below 50% one rep max. And you want to focus on volume. And then your reps should be high. So if you have a low load, high rep, that's going to really help with endurance. So you could set with your patient um, over 15 reps would be good. And you want to at least do three sets of them with 30 to 90 seconds of rest in between. But if you have shorter rests, the shorter the rest, probably the more, not probably, the more endurance that they will um, accumulate over time. Oh, and then for an exercise prescription for strength, you want to increase the load the more load that is increased, the more strength that you're going to have. It just makes sense. If you're kind of not like just starting to work, learn to work out or your patient is, aim for that light or go to like a 60 to 70 one rep max. And then your advanced pe per people that like your CrossFit and whatever that's trying to get back into it, progress them into it, but they can get into 80% one rep max. And this is all relative to your, what your patient's injury is and how you feel as a clinician. So, but for strength to increase the load is to increase the strength and you want to really aim for eight to 12 reps. If your patient thinks that eight to 12 reps is easy, you need to increase the load. So they should be getting fatigued at eight to 12 reps. Probably at eight reps, they should really try to, like if they're really tired at eight reps, that's you're at a good, good weight. But if they can barely get to eight reps, then you need to lower the rate, lower the load. Okay, and so if you're looking at exercise prescription that's focusing more on power, again, we're kind of starting with those light loads. So you're looking at probably less than 60% of their one rep max. And then of course, you're gonna vary these loads based on the individuals, um, where they're at to optimize the games that they're looking for. But just know that max strength is very important um, to, it's an important foundation to increase their power. So the more strength that they have, the more power that they're gonna be able to get out of their muscles. You wanna make sure that the rest between the sets is fairly long at the beginning, especially. So at least three to five minutes. And those reps and, reps and sets are looking at at least three to six reps and three to six reps. And of course, you can increase rest um, to help optimize your movement velocity, depending on what activity that they're doing. And then with power, of course, we're looking at explosive movements. So you want to work on varying the velocity according to the patient's goals and their needs. So an increased velocity helps you to optimize their peak power gains as they are going through their explosive movements. And then for an exercise prescription to help with hypertrophy of muscles, so just big, getting bigger generally, you want to start with them um, at a 70 to 85% one rep max. So again, working a little bit lower. And then of course we progress um, their load by with an increase of two to 
of that external load. So we want to increase load to allow for increased hypertrophy. We're also looking for a rest time between sets of around two to three minutes if you have a really high load or one to two minutes if your load is a little bit smaller. Again, the lower the load that you're doing and an increased amount of reps will and sets will improve more endurance than it will improve um, sort of that power aspect of your muscles. And then with frequency, again, we're looking at two to three times a week to um, help get that hypertrophy. And then we obviously want to increase the amount of time that your muscles are under tension to help increase those gains as well. And then when we are doing those activities to increase your muscle mass, you want to do a slow to moderate velocity as they're going through the activity. Again, we're just trying to increase that amount of time that the muscle is under stress. So if you have someone who's really limited or really deconditioned, you want to have a small amount of time that they're under, um, under tension, under like have contraction going. And then as you progress, you can increase that. I hope this all made sense. And if you guys have any questions, email us at survivingptpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll look, we're looking forward to our next week's episode.